Hi, this is Yolanda. I'm sharing with you Joseph Smith Fault Polygamy, Volume 1 by Richard and Pamela Price. And um, we're on Chapter 4. Thank you for joining me. Brigham Young, the father of Mormon polygamy. The LDS Church, which has its headquarters in Utah, has taught for over a century that Joseph Smith was the author of Mormon polygamy. And the religious public has been eager to believe the story. But the truth is that Brigham Young and his family and friends were the ones who brought polygamy into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and made it a cardinal doctrine. All of the writings of Joseph Smith published during his lifetime condemn polygamy. But after his death, Brigham and the other polygamous apostles published polygamous documents which they ascribed to Joseph. As evidence of Joseph's innocence, he had no children by polygamous wives, even though the purpose of practicing polygamy, according to LDS authorities, was to have many children born of polygamy. Brigham had a total of 56 children. And the reference is John J. Stewart, Brigham Young and his wives, and the true story of plural marriage, page 82, close bracket. It would take volumes to tell the complete story of Brigham's involvement in polygamy and how he was instrumental in bringing it into the church. Part of that story is the account of how he requested to travel alone on missions, met a married woman, Augusta Cobb, who was acquainted with members of the Cochranite sect and their teachings, and later took her to Nauvoo and married her as his polygamous wife, before Joseph's death. When Joseph discovered the polygamous practices of Brigham Young and others, he sought to bring them to trial, but was assassinated before he could do so. The polygamous party under Brigham Young then took control of the church, which assured the success of polygamy as a doctrine among the Utah Saints. Brigham's Cochranite Connections Brigham Young had a thorough knowledge of, knowledge of Cochranism, for he made several missionary journeys through the Cochranite territory, from Boston to Saco, and later married Augusta Cobb, as previously noted. He attended the 1835 church conference at Saco. Brigham chose to travel alone in Cochranite territory instead of going with another elder, two by two as the scriptures direct. See RLDS, Doctrine and Covenants 52 verse 3c and 60 verse 3a and 61 6b and 75 5c to d and also lds doctrine and covenants 52 verse 10 chapter 60 verse 8 chapter 61 verse 35 and chapter 75 verse 30 to 36 close bracket the high council met at kirtland on february the 20th 1834 and its record states the council also decided that Elder Brigham Young should travel alone, it being his own choice, and that there should be a general conference held at Sacco in the state of Maine on the 13th day of June 1834, times and seasons 6 November the 1st 1845. <clears throat> Why did Brigham insist upon travelling alone in an area where adulterous temptations were sure to befall any lonely elder? The report for the June 1834 church conference at Seiko stated that a numerous concourse had assembled. Evening and morning star 2 August 1834, Although Brigham did not go to the 1834 conference, he was on a mission to the eastern states from May to September 1835. 
and brackets Leonard J. Arrington, Brigham Young, American Moses, Appendix A, page 413, close bracket. Brigham continued to work in the area and he reported that he also had been to a conference in Maine in, on August the 12th, August the 12th, 13th and 14th, 1836, where 52 members of the SACO branch attended. And um, the um, reference is Messenger and Advocate to September 1836, page 381 to 382, close bracket. Brigham's presence in and around SACO during the Cochranite era is another evidence that he was very familiar with Cochranite polygamy. Brigham's polygamous revelations in England. The church opened its mission in England in 1837 by sending apostles and elders to conduct missionary work there. The brethren were there for long periods of time without their wives. The mission was very successful and thousands joined the church. The apostles were idolised by their new followers and temptations naturally followed. To make matters worse, polygamy was a common topic of discussion in both England and America at the time and was being practised in both countries. Under these circumstances, Brigham declared the doctrine of polygamy was revealed to him in a vision and revelation while in England. Quote, while we were in England in 1839 and 40, I think the Lord manifested to me by vision and his spirit things concerning polygamy that I did not then understand. I never opened my mouth to anyone concerning them until I returned to Novo. Joseph had never mentioned this. There had never been a thought of it in the church that I ever knew anything about at that time. But I had this for myself and I kept it for myself. And when I returned home and Joseph revealed those things to me, then I understood the reflections that were upon my mind while in England. But this communication with Joseph on the subject was not until after I had told him what I understood. This was in 1841. The Revelation section 132 in the Utah Doctrine and Covenants was given in 1843. But the doctrine was revealed before this. The Messenger of the Reorganised Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, 1 June 1875, 29 Desert News, July the 1st, 1874. This statement by Brigham is very important because one, he admits that polygamy was not a doctrine of the church before 1839 or 1840. There had never been a thought of it in the church. This destroys the LGS church's teaching that polygamy was even thought of as a church doctrine as early as 1832 in Kirtland. According to Brigham, this is number two, uh, Joseph had never even mentioned polygamy as a doctrine before 1841. Point three, it was Brigham Young who first developed the dogma of polygamy and that he claimed he did so by divine manifestations and by a vision. Apostle Jason Briggs of the Reorganised Church, editor of The Messenger, made the following observations concerning Brigham's statement quoted above. This is lifting one of the early disguises and uncovering of his Brigham's trail so long obscured. Here is an acknowledgement that the doctrine of polygamy was first revealed to him. He had it for himself before Joseph of the church even thought of it. Well done Brigham, why didn't you tell the people this in the first state start? That polygamy was introduced through your revelation. The only answer to this is it was taught essential to the success of this doctrine that should have the sanction of Joseph. Ibid 29. Stafford's testimony concerning Brigham Young's adulterous activities. 70 Thomas Stafford, let me start again, 70 Thomas Stafford, who knew Brigham Young in both England and Nauvoo, testified that he had personal knowledge of Brigham's misconduct. 
Stafford's family lived in England in 1837 in the city of Stockport, where they first heard the gospel preached and became acquainted with Apostle Brigham Young. Um, reference Autumn Leaves, 1 June 1888, page 245. They joined the church, moved to Manchester and south for America on May the 1st, 1841. I bid July 1888, page 299. The family arrived at Nauvoo in the summer of 1842. I bid August 1888, page 354. At Nauvoo, Thomas and his brother Edwin were schoolmates and friends of Joseph Smith III. Reference the Saints Herald 81, December 4, 1934, page 1545. I bid 82, December 10, 1935, page 1588. Both Thomas and Edwin later became ministers in the reorganised Church of Jesus Christ for Assay Saints. On August 24, 1891, 70 Thomas Stafford wrote a letter to 70 Gomer R. Wells telling of improper conduct which he had witnessed on the part of Brigham Young, both in England and in Nauvoo. Stafford wrote, But I am fully convinced, as I was then, that Brigham Young was in adultery in Manchester, England, in the fall, winter and spring of 1840-1841. Elizabeth Mayer is the person with whom Brigham was then committing adultery. My reasons are these. We live next door to her under the same roof. This Elizabeth Mayer had a father and a brother who were gardeners. They took their dinners and they worked a long piece from home. After they had left for work, Brigham would step into the house. She would then lock the door and pull down the blinds and curtains, which to me was strange. He never came to see us folks, although not five steps apart. And when he left, he was always in a hurry and she never came to the door with him when he was leaving. The same thing occurred in Nauvoo with a woman and Brigham. Her name was Greeno. Her son was about my name. I'll say that again. Her son was about my age was always driven out when Brigham came. The door was shut and the curtains lowered. I was puzzled to know why he acted so. If he had a good heart and was engaged in the business of teaching the truth, why drive the boy out? Why not come also and see my mother only a few steps apart? I am now and was then satisfied that he was in adultery in Manchester, England. The seeds of polygamy were sown and Brigham the sower. I was present at a meeting in a, a, in a grove at Nauvoo about three weeks before Joseph and Hyam were murdered. When Joseph made a public statement in the presence of 3,000 people that polygamy was being practised secretly by some, that he had crept into the church secretively and must be put down speedily or the church would be driven from Nauvoo. I am satisfied that Joseph was not in favour of it, polygamy at all, would swear to all I have stated. Quote, R.C. Evans, Autobiography of Elders of Elder R.C. Evans, page 334-335. Brigham married a woman who was acquainted with Cochranism. Between 1834 and 1844, Brigham Young made a number of journeys into the Boston area where the Cochranite doctrine was prevalent. During this time, he met Augusta Adams Cobb. Augusta was baptised on June the 29th, 1832 by Samuel Smith, as noted in a previous chapter. See Missionary Journal of Samuel Harrison Smith, 1832 and Journal of Orson Hyde. Both journals show that Augusta Cobb requested baptism at a meeting where at least two Cochranites were present. 
This establishes the fact that Augusta was familiar with the doctrines of the polygamous Cochranites when she met Apostle Young. Augusta was an educated woman from a well-known Boston family, married and living in luxury with her husband of 21 years, Henry Cobb. According to Augusta's great-granddaughter, Mary Cable, Augusta and Henry were the parents of seven children. Reference American Heritage, 16 February 1965, page 50. In the fall of 1843, Augusta deserted her husband and all of her children, but the two younger ones, Charlotte Six and Brigham, only a few months, and went with Brigham Young to Nauvoo to become his plural wife, Ibid 52. While on the journey to Nauvoo, the infant, Brigham, became ill and died at Cincinnati, in, at Cincinnati, Ohio. She, Augusta, had it put in a tin box and took it with her to Nauvoo, I bid 54. A Nauvoo newspaper, the Nauvoo neighbour of November the 8th, 1843, announced the death of Brigham Cobb, aged five months and 20 days. By this time, Brigham and Augusta were secretly married. Brigham Young was already a polygamist at the time he married Augusta on November the 2nd, 1843. Quote, Stuart Brigham Young and his wives, 86, Saints Herald, 105, August 11th, 1958, 16. He took his first plural wife in June 1842 when he married 20-year-old Lucy Decker Seeley, wife of William Seeley. Lucy had born Mr. Seeley three children, Stuart Brigham Young and his wives, 85, Kate B. Carter, Alpine Heritage, 16, 1973, 187-189. In spite of the fact that records of in the Genealogical Society Library in the LGS Church's headquarters building in Salt Lake City show that William Seeley did not die until May 20th, 1851, Further references in the dozens of records give no concrete evidence that Lucy and William Seeley were ever divorced. Therefore, Brigham was guilty of polygamy and Augusta and Lucy were both guilty of polandry, having a plural, having plural husbands. Henry Cobb sued Augusta for a divorce. In 1847, Henry Cobb sued Augusta for a divorce. This action and her polygamous marriage to Brigham received nationwide publicity through the newspapers. High priest George J. Adams, a popular missionary during the lifetime of Joseph the Prophet, was a witness for Henry Cobb. Adams was a noted preacher in the eastern states, including the Boston area. He had been a close consultant and advisor to Joseph Smith during the last few months of Joseph's life and had laboured fervently to free Joseph and Hiram from the last legal charges against them before they were assassinated. Adams had served as a missionary in England and other European countries, along with members of the Twelve. Although Adams became entangled in the web of polygamy himself, he asserted that Brigham Young and not Joseph Smith brought that doctrine into the church. He testified under oath as a witness for Henry Cobb that Joseph did not teach the doctrine of spiritual wives. The following account of the Cobb divorce case was printed in the Boston Post and reprinted in the Quincy, Illinois Whig for December the 22nd, 1847, page 2. Supreme J. Court Boston Cobb divorce case. 
Divorced from a woman who had become the spiritual wife of a Mormon leader, Henry Cobb, viz. Augusta Cobb. This was a libel alleging crim con on the part of the respondent Augusta Adams Cobb with Brigham Young in Nauvoo in, 18, in August 1844 and December 1845. After living 21 years in good repute with her lawful husband, the respondent became led away with Mormonism, leaving her husband, went to Nauvoo and joined the church there. After a year's trial of the system, she returned to Boston, but not being able to content herself here, she made another trip to Nauvoo, returned to Boston again, and again went off, and she is now supposed to be in California, Utah Territory, with Young. Her conduct in Nauvoo was fully described in the disposition of George J. Adams, better known under the name of Elder Adams, who testified that he knew Mrs. Cobb when she lived in the house of Brigham Young at Nauvoo. We give the following extracts from the disposition. Or deposition. In the fall of 1844, after her return from Nauvoo to Boston, Mrs. Cobb said she loved Brigham Young better than she did Mr. Cobb, and live or die, she was going to live with him at all hazards. This was in the course of a conversation in which she used extravagant language in favour of Mr. Young and against Mr. Cobb. Mrs. Cobb went out again to Nauvoo the second time and lived with Mr. Young, and they're living together, and their conduct was the subject of conversation in the society of the church and out of the society. The subject of conversation to which I have alluded was that persons had a right to live together in unlawful intercourse, polygamy, and Mrs. Cobb avowed her belief in this doctrine and said it was right. In conversation with Mrs. Cobb on the subject of spiritual wives, Adams told her such doctrines would lead to the devil, and she said if it did she would go there with Brigham Young. The Mormons were so incensed with me for my opposition to this doctrine that they attempted to take my life in various ways. I think Mrs. Cobb was originally a woman of good feelings and good principles, but I do not think so of her now. I think she was led away by a religious frenzy. She said, I never will forsake Brother Young, come life or death. She said that the doctrine taught by Brigham Young was a glorious doctrine, for if she did not love her husband Cobb, it gave her a man she did love. In the cross-examination, Mr. Adams stated that he performed on the stage when he was a young man, that he was a merchant tailor in extensive business before he joined the Mormons, that he has, since he withdrew, performed at the National Theatre in this city, that Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, did not teach the doctrine of spiritual wives, that Brigham Young, in assuming to be president of the church, had observed authority and that he, Mr. Adams, opposed the observation. The testimony of Mr. Adams was corroborated by a widow lady who had been to Nauvoo. Judge Wilde decreed a full divorce from the bonds of matrimony. The LGS Church in Utah has taught throughout the world that it was Joseph Smith who brought the doctrine of polygamy into the church, but there is an abundance of evidence that Joseph and Hiram did not teach nor practice it. Instead, it was Brigham Young and his large family and loyal friends who secretly began the practice even before Joseph's death. Catherine V. Waite best described the power of the elite groups surrounding Brigham Young, which made the polygamy doctrine succeed. 
Mrs. Waite was the lawyer and the wife of Judge Charles B. Waite, a justice appointed by the federal government to the Territory of Utah. She had an excellent opportunity to observe the inner workings of this elite polygamous hierarchy. While she lived in Salt Lake City during the 1860s, she wrote, It is worthy of remark that all of Brigham's family became Mormons. His brothers are all at Salt Lake and are the devoted followers and satellites of the prophet Brigham. Through the plurality system, the Youngs have formed connections so numerous that almost half the people at Salt Lake are in some way related to the ruling dynasty. This is striking evidence of Brigham's ingenuity in consolidating and perpetuating his power. Reference Mrs. C. V. Waite, the Mormon prophet, and his harem, or an authentic history of Brigham Young, his numerous wives and children, too. Joseph and Hiram fought a losing battle against the doctrine of polygamy because of Brigham's influence and power in Nauvoo. Brigham and not Joseph was the father of Mormon polygamy. And that is the end of chapter four. Thank you for listening.